you like my gloves? Oh, I really wanted to impress you. You know that. So what's the story for today? Oh, okay. Got it. Perfect. You know I'm the girl for the job. Okay. Call back later. Bye. What he was saying. Okay, mama. We are talking all about Abraham and his son, Isaac. Welcome to another episode of Bible Stories with Brianda. Brianda! And obviously I'm with my girl Wheezy. Hi! How you doing? Have, I don't have a cute little thing that I do yet, but okay. Girl, but you got a cute tan. Oh my God. You know, the gods have spoken. And by the gods, I mean, you know, the Aztec, the Mayans, the... Okay, listen, Wheezy, this was like your fifth vacation in the last two months. How do you do it? I need you to keep doing this effing show. <laughs> That's what I need you, to do. you guys, this is what like opulence and success will give you. I want to give a quick shout out to everybody that has been leaving an amazing rating for Brie on on Apple reviews. So I just want to shout out one. I love this one. I think it's so sweet from Cindy Bunn, who said she needed this podcast, all caps, feels closer to God in the Bible after every single episode. Brianda is truly doing the Lord's work. I love her. She's doing amazing things. Well, if you guys love this show, I know you're on YouTube. Please find your way over to Apple Podcasts. Leave Brianda a review about how much Please. you love her. Because if you do that, it helps our podcast grow and she can still afford more outfits and makeup. You guys, I'm so poor. <laughs> it's so expensive. But also, you guys, I did not know Weezy was going to do that. Okay, you, you got to let me know that in the pre-meeting because Why? anyone who knows me knows that I cry. I'm a crier. Oh, I don't know how we've made boy. it to episode eight and I still haven't cried yet, but I, I, it's tough for me to hear things like that and not cry. No, no, my makeup looks too good right now. I can't, but you almost got me. Hmm. You guys, we should have we should have a, a countdown or something. What? No, 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 that's intentional. Oh, oh, mama, it's okay. Let's keep that in. Alex, don't edit that. So this is funny. She thought this speck was a mistake. It's actually an intentional makeup look. Thank you. Val does makeup. Val, everyone follow her on Instagram. She's incredible. That's my soul sister. She's going to be the godmother of my children one day. All seven of them. <laughs> but anywho, so today we are going to um, obviously jump into the story. Thank you for the rating and review, the review that Wheezy just read out loud that almost had me uh, in tears. But I also wanted to say thank you to everyone who's found the podcast on TikTok. Anyone who knows me knows that Trisha Paytas is my like, I don't know. I just love her. I know she did blackface one day. I have forgiven her for that. You know, she has atoned for her sins, but she is just a huge pioneer in this media realm. When it comes to internet, this girl is king. I mean, her podcast with Ethan Klein, H the H3 podcast gets like 2 million views in eight hours, like, which is unreal. Anywho, she uh, she's the one that wanted that's inspired me to really take TikTok seriously, you know, aside from like my friends like Val and my friend Louisa uh, pushing me to really uh, put my efforts into TikTok. So I want to say thank you guys for coming. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for pushing that algorithm in our favor. Also, thank you for all of you that doubt my Christianity and call me a fake Christian. Keep it coming because you're honestly helping me out. I know I'm a real question. Question. <laughs> God intercepted and was like, tell him, girl. I guess I'm not a Christian. <laughs> I'm kidding. I am a Christian, okay? 
maybe I'm a little lukewarm. I'm not proud of that. It's not something to be proud of, but I understand my uh, Christian shortcomings. This is a part of my story. I had someone DM me the other day saying that there's strength in the gray area. And that's why I think Bible stories is so special because most of my messages from the people are, um, that are finding it, you know, inspiring or entertaining or whatever are in this space of like either discovering their faith or rediscovering, revisiting their faith. And I think there can be a space for that too, evangelists. Anywho, now let's jump into the story. Wheezy, you ready? I'm ready. Beautiful. Abraham and Isaac. So Abraham and Isaac, I know we just left off uh, from Sodom and Gomorrah. This happens after, you know. That's I want- the butt place. <sighs> yes, Wheezy. I'm not asking. I want you to know that I've been listening. Sometimes I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> but anywho, um, now I wanted to explore a little bit more about uh, a- Abraham and his relationship with his son, Isaac. Um, b- when, before I really like dive, dive, dive in, I wanted to just preface it with this. All of these stories so far, if you've been listening since episode one, Adam and Eve, are found in the book of Genesis. Now, the book of Genesis itself can be divided in three ways. The primeval historical phase, the early patriarchal historical phase, and then the later patriarchal historical phase. We've already done with the primeval one, you know, with Noah, Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve. Right now, talking about Abraham and Isaac, that's the early patriarchal phase, the, or, the, the early patriarchal history, which is super important. The book of Genesis was written by Moses so that he could share with the Israelites the history of creation. And and, and, um, we can't do anything in life unless we know the history, what happened before. How do we establish any spiritual system if we don't know what happened before, right? And that was uh, Moses's intention in writing Genesis, in writing uh, uh, Numbers, in writing Deuteronomy, in writing uh, these books. It was to help serve as a guide for, you know, sinful Israelites, imperfect Israelites, imperfect people. That's how, that's why I love the Bible. It serves as a guide, right? But anywho, right now we're in the early patriarchal phase. We know that uh, Abraham means father of the nations, father of the Jews, father of faith. That's what the name Abraham like literally means. Um, He is like key patriarch. The next one is Isaac. Um, Isaac means uh, he laughs, laughter. You want to know why he's named that, Wheezy? Yeah. Because as you guys remember from the Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar episode, they had, the fact that they even had Isaac was a miracle. Remember from Sodom and Gomorrah? They um, were laughing at how old they were? Yeah, they they couldn't believe that they had a kid. When the angels came right around the time of the Sodom story, and they said, listen, Sarah, you're going to have kids. And then she was like... (laughs) boy my ovaries is dusty and god was like no you are going to have children so that she laughed when isaac was was born you know and that's why he's isaac means he laughs but anywho i wanted to also touch base on um uh just briefly what happened to ishmael remember ishmael 
the bastard son, the Hagar son, not a bastard. I don't want to be disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? But um, not the son, uh, not the son that uh, God had wanted Abraham to, you know, to propagate his, the, the, to, to have the promised land. Um, Ishmael and Hagar ended up leaving because of Sarah was afraid that because Abraham and Ishmael had such a strong relationship that Ishmael may one day take the air. Sarah was like, I'm not having it. They need to go. And so Abraham prayed on it because he didn't want to. He wanted to keep Ishmael around. He prayed on it. And God said, you know what? Just listen, listen to your wife. We should always listen to our wives. Listen to your wife. It, it's for the best. Um, uh, the, the exact quote from scripture of that is, can be found Genesis 21, uh, verse 10, Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned, but Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham laughing. So she said to Abraham, cast out the slave woman with her son for the son of this slave woman shall not be the heir with my son found in Genesis 21, 10. Now, um, not that it matters and it's not, I wasn't even going to say this in the story, but it's important to note that, I don't know, it kind of sucks that your dad kicks you out. Like, could you imagine being Ishmael and his dad being like, you got, you got to go a lesson in forgiveness. If it helps, Ishmael does go to Abraham's funeral, which happens a little like later in this episode, he eventually Ishmael did go to the funeral, talk about forgiveness. And there's so many stories of forgiveness in the Bible. I cannot wait to dissect those. So now let's move on. We're still in the early patriarchal history of the book of Genesis. We're going to talk about Abraham's test. Now, at this point, we know Abraham has been a trifling mess. I mean, think about it. He has sinned so much. Sometimes it's like, why the heck did God even pick him? You know what I mean? I mean, he pimped out his wife twice. He uh, 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 basically like treated uh, a slave woman poorly. He lied to benefit him, his own self throughout his in his in his early life. So one could say that all of these tests that God had provided for Abraham, he had failed. But God is merciful. And God knew that despite all of Abraham's shortcomings, Abraham still had an unrelenting level of faith for God. And God was going to fulfill the promise that he made at the covenant. So God gave Abraham one last test. The tests of all tests for Abraham. God commanded that Abraham sacrifice Isaac to prove his love and his faith and his loyalty to our father. I mean, could you imagine that, Weezy? To, to, to hear. To be loyal? No. Oh. This, to sacrifice your own son, Weezy. The, you know, in, in life, you and I, and Val, everyone here, everyone watching, we have to do certain, like, we have to sacrifice some stuff. Like, in order for me to act in New York City and do all the crap that I've had to do, Oh my God, I'm totally getting my period. I'm going to cry. Like I've had to, <laughs> I've had to sacrifice so much. Like I miss my niece's birthdays. I don't go home. You know, you have to sacrifice so much yeah. to do things that, you know, that, that are, that are your calling sometimes. And ooh, 
God provided him with one last test and he had faith. He had faith that Abraham was going to pull through. Um, the exact quote from scripture, Genesis 22, verse 22. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to Abraham, here I am. Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. On a burnt mountain, I will show you. Okay, that's another thing. Hi, Tangie. Let's talk about how vague God can be. Like, take him to that mountain. I don't know. How many mountains do you think they had? Like, could you walk to so, now, <laughs> There's so many mountains, but God always speaks to us so vaguely, and he does that intentionally. Like, if God was specific about his goals for us, how the heck could we be enriched by his word if he had to give us everything? Like, imagine if we didn't have free will and, like, we had to love God. I don't want someone to be in a relationship with me because they feel like they have to. I want you to be in a relationship because you want to. Yeah. It's kind of like it allows you that opportunity to figure that out for yourself. I like, think in modern everyday culture, like when we're seeing people reject the idea of God, though, it's because they do feel like they have to be forced to that. You know, a lot of people feel the like church will do that. People, man will do that. Man will instill that notion, that that fear that unless you do this, unless you believe in this way, you will be rejected by God. This this like this really reject this. Honestly, man is not doing God any justice. They're dissuading people from developing a relationship with God. And it's honestly so saddening because that is not God. That's not who God is. God is a verb and God is love, like loving. There's no space in God's being the source to have that petty nature, period. So that, that's the church. That's man who does that. And it sucks because it affects God's PR. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it does. So anywho. Heard you, sis. Yeah. So now, so he says, go, goes to a mountain, right? So now Abraham's freaking out like, what? Please, no, please tell me I don't have to sacrifice this. Oh my gosh. Oh my God, tell me I don't have to sacrifice my son. It took me so long to get him. I love him. He loved Isaac so much. He brought him so much purpose and joy. So... Despite all of this, he had faith that God knew what he told him to do. And he had faith in God's plans. So he goes off to the mountains uh, by Moriah. Anywho, God's plan. They're going to the mountains. It's Abraham. It's Isaac, two servants, camels. They brought some stuff, some wood, fire chip. Cause you know, it's, they, they wanted, they were, they were going to make an altar on the mountain and make it a ceremony. And at the mountain, Abraham tell they arrive and Abraham tells the servants, all right, y'all, uh, we'll be back. Uh, I'm just going to go up with Isaac real quick. And so could you imagine that walk up the mountain with Abraham and Isaac? <laughs> like how long? Like he didn't tell Isaac, obviously, you know what I'm saying? Like how, how many blocks do you think it was? Like a New York block. It, mm, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, 10 blocks, maybe. That's just me shooting the ish. I don't know. <laughs> but they're walking up and they get there. And could you imagine the, the look of panic in Abraham's face, getting all the wood chips and stuff, making the altar. And, and then it's so funny. Cause then Isaac, what time Isaac's like, Hey dad, I see the wood and then I see the fire and stuff, but where's the lamb we're going to sacrifice. Abraham was probably like, son, just lay down. <laughs> Don't worry about it. But it's a testament to Isaac's faith in his father 
too, because Isaac willingly lays down. He lays down. And as Abraham looks at his son on that altar, he knows it's the moment of truth. He grabs the knife in his hand and he holds that knife right above his head. And he looks at his son. And as he's about to lunge, all of a sudden, God goes, hold up, wait a minute, hold on, bro, okay, I get it, pause, hold the phone, no, wait, you're good, chill, fam, you gotta kill him, <laughs> God says, stop, no, 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 you don't have to, let me get the exact scripture, he goes, hold up, wait a minute, let me put some stanking, oh, God, that's not what he said, but sure, so Genesis 22, verse 12, do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And before we move on from the story of Abraham's test, I just want to say, I don't hear that many pastors and preachers and ministers talking about this, but... I don't know about you, Weezy, or, or listeners, but I have a feeling that Abraham knew God was going to pull through in the end. I mean, that's what having faith really is. But isn't it because he like, no, or no, no, Abraham knew. Sorry, it wasn't God knew because I thought God knows like everything. No, God knows everything. Yes. Abraham doesn't know everything. God does. No man does knows everything. God does. And for me, Jesus Christ, because I am a Christian and he died for all of our sins, but that's another story. Um, it can be proven that Abraham had hope and the proof is in the word, in the text. Let me find it for you. So remember when they arrived at the mountain, him, the servants and his son, Isaac, and Abraham tells his servants, we'll be back. The exact scripture is, he says, uh, in Genesis 22, uh, uh verse five, he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Why would Abraham say we will come back to you? Because he had that glimmer and that, that glimmer of hope that he'd be coming back with his son. You know what I'm saying? He was down. He was going to do it because that's what God commanded of him. But something in him allowed him to have hope. Hope is important. And I don't know what atheist is watching this. Okay. But listen, everybody needs hope. The human body needs water and food to survive, right? We need exercise in order to build a strong body. But guess what? What are you going to do at 90 when your body is decaying and on its last leg? You know what can never be on its last leg? A strong spirit. And hope strengthens your spirit. Having hope is like power lifting your spirit. Yeah. Yo, I'm corny and I get it, but sometimes I just be riffing and I, I really mean that. So that's the story of Abraham's test. Um, and we're not done because this episode's going to be a long one. Don't get used to it. It's just that Abraham is girthy. Oh my God. Um, though, like the story of Abraham is girthy. Hey, let's talk about Abraham. Hey, let's talk about Abraham. Why'd I do it? I basically walked into that one. <laughs> Anywho. Or you slid in because uh, I, uh, I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> so 
a little button on Abraham's test uh, is that, listen, no matter how painful and challenging that test is, even then, faith will take you to the end. Even then. Even if you have to sacrifice something so heart-wrenchingly difficult, even then, that's when the practice is the most important. Even then, believe. So now we're at Genesis 23. Unfortunately, Sarah, Sarah dies because she's old. Um, but it was a huge, you know, it was really sad. It was a sad moment for, for everyone, for Abraham, and especially for Isaac, who had such a strong relationship with his mother. Um, they set up there. You guys should go in and read chapter 23 because they go into, into strong enough depth uh, about her burial, burial property, which is where eventually the family does get, they, they get buried, you know, in the promised land. And she was the first one in there. Um, but I also want to say that Abraham, despite his wife dying, he's like a widow. What do you, not a widow. What do you call someone who, whose wife has died? Is it not a widow? Is it a widow? Yeah. Even for dudes? Yeah. I thought it was just a woman. Oh, whatever. Well, Abraham's a widow. He gets remarried to widower. a widower. I don't know. Male widow. Yeah. Look that up. Okay, so Abraham's even though Abraham's a widower, he gets married again at the age of 140 to Keturah, and then they, he has six more kids. So total, Abraham had eight kids. How can you imagine God having so much mercy on that man and so much favor on that man? Yowza! And I don't know how. I don't. <laughs> I don't know yowza. how. Wait, can you wait? You know what? Another thing, Weezy. If you Let's just say the love of your life died. Like, would you want him to remarry? You mean if I died? Yeah, if you die, would you want your partner to remarry someone? Yeah, you know I'm into, like, nasty shit. Like, you think I'm not about to be up there looking down and them going down on each other? Wow. Wow, Mom. I'm sorry if you're watching this. Hey, Mom! No! Hola. No! But some girls wouldn't value shaking your head No. You wouldn't want your your husband to get remarried? No. Why wouldn't you want your husband to get remarried? For well, what? I should be enough. That's it. Oh my god, this But you dead, bitch. You're what dead. She said so what Val is saying is that you can hook up. She said you can't marry, and that's all Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think I would be okay with it because I I I know that whoever I marry is someone like is a king. Like I know whoever oh. whoever I marry is gonna be someone so special. So he's gonna leave you a lot of money if he's a king, girl. No, because I'll be if I die before him, I oh, won't be yeah. there to enjoy it. Ooh. But I know that he is he would be just too much of a special man to be to to have the rest of his days alone i wouldn't even want that oh, I, the yeah. avenues in which brianda will need to find a man it's gonna be a difficult time i feel like what is it gonna be tinder hinge christian tinder christian field christian grinder <laughs> no. <laughs> christian uh, no, adult I actually, no i actually have decided i don't want to date i i like on the way here on the car right here i was like I'm so satisfied and fulfilled within my faith and this podcast and my career. I'm okay. I don't want to date. I, I Listen, I know that God, whatever God has planned for me in terms of my, my partner, romantic partner, 
is gonna it's gonna happen for me. And I know it's not gonna be through these dating apps. I always feel spiritually depleted after using them. Well, I am very happy to hear that this podcast fills you up, sis. BK. <laughs> no igual. <laughs> she said no igual. Yeah, I don't know. I just with I feel so fine just where I'm at. I don't know. I think I'm okay. But anywho, that's another story. But now that we're talking about love, the last portion of this episode, we're going to talk about a very famous love story in the Bible. Will and Jade. Oh, no, they're too young. They're too. I don't know <laughs> what that is. They ha- what? They have what? Isn't August like a Bible name? <laughs> Oh my God, Alex, we're going to need to replace her. No, no, I'm kidding. No, I don't. Dude, the people love you, Weezy. The people love you. I'm the little devil on his shoulder. You know what I'm saying? They know. No, you're an angel, actually. I'm going to stop saying that. I think you're the opposite of devil. And you know that. You are such an angel. You are sinful. But in my heart, I know that you're an angel. And you're oh. sinful because I'm sinful, too. I say that as a sinner. I'm a sinner, an baby. An angel that slides down that pole right to... <laughs> Not after Lil Nas X. Not at you. You. You should have been. You should have been in Lil Nas X's music video. <laughs> oh, I would have been like, call me by your name. I'd be like, I got a lot of names. You want my stripper name? Because it's Genesis. <laughs> Speaking of stripper name, wait. So this is the love story. So oh, the love Who's story is from the Bible. No one strips, but the name is a stripper name. So Genesis. in the story, Isaac. Isaac and Rebecca is like one of the most famous love stories in the Bible. Um, but Rebecca spelt with a K. Rebecca, like that, it sounds, it seems like she has a half sleeve and box braids. (laughs) (laughs) Too far? (laughs) Bitch, I don't pay my name, huh? (laughs) Okay, wait. So, guys, the story of Isaac and Rebecca is such a beautiful one. I really hope I do it justice, though I probably won't because... Hi, Tangi! All right, so before... Right after Sarah dies, you know, and Abraham has his kids and whatever, Abraham is so old, he knows he's about to die. And guess what? Isaac is still a bachelor. He's still single. Abraham's kind of freaking out. He knows he's about to kick the bucket. And he knows that we, in order for the covenant to be fulfilled, he needs to continue the family line. What is he going to do? And he doesn't just need to marry any woman. He needs to marry the right woman, a woman of their family line, a righteous woman. It needs to be specific. So God makes a plan. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. wait. A woman of their family line. Yeah, yeah. As in, yeah, 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 in, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. That's a porn category, ma'am. Isaac and Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what Abraham does? Abraham <clears throat> calls to his most loyal servant, Eleazar. Remember Eleazar from the from the last episode, two episodes ago? He goes, "Listen, I need you to help me out. I need you to go find my son." a suitable wife, a suitable life partner, someone of our family line, someone who's righteous, a good woman. Please, I need you to help me out. I need you. Eliezer goes, oh my God, what? Could you imagine? So much pressure? But of course, Eliezer is faithful to his uh, owner, to his master, just like Abraham was faithful to his master, God. 
So Eleazar sets off and it's a long voyage. He goes off to the mountains by no, na, Nahor, I think. Nahor, I think it is. Nahor, where, where na, is that at, girl? Not, not my whore, Nahor. <laughs> um, and he, Eleazar literally, he doesn't know. He's like, where do I even begin to find this? So you know what? What do we all do when we're, when we're in desperate need of information? Just some guidance. What do we do? We pray. And he does. He prays to God, God, please help me, guide me in the direction of finding this woman for Isaac. Please let me know what they look like. Please. And before he's even done praying, God tells him, listen, the woman will be by a well and will offer you water. And not only will she offer you water, she will offer your camel's water. She will be a stellar woman. She will not only be hot, have a body, tick, she'll know how to cook, and she'll be cute and funny, and be cool with your friends. Could you imagine that kind of girl? Um, hello. <laughs> Weezy with a Z. <laughs> Weezy. Weezy, you really are a down-ass bitch. Like, you're really dope. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that's what he wanted. That's what God basically, not the down-ass bitch part, but like God tells that to Eleazar. Before he could even finish praying, he opens his eyes, and there she is. There's a woman by the well. Uh, he approaches her. And the woman offers him water and he takes it. And before he doesn't even need to ask, she goes, oh, do you want me to get some water for your camels too? Eliezer goes, got him. <laughs> he found her. Um, so the second he finds her, what does he do? He's like, how do I get this babe to come with me? Some scrub old man, like, oh, I got a man for you. You know how sus that would be? <laughs> like, oh, she's a babe? Yeah, she's beautiful. Rebecca was beautiful. Um, uh, so you know what he does? He gets her a bunch. He brings a bunch of like wedding jewelry and like fancy stuff, Birkin bags. He's like, listen, I got all this stuff waiting for you if you come with me. And Rebecca goes, oh, OK, well, I got to show you to my family first. So he goes to the to the family and he goes, listen, we are rich. <laughs> like your daughter got to come with us. Trust me. <laughs> like this ain't, we ain't no joking. We got a prince. Prince Isaac in the back, like, she got to come. His, her family's like, all right, babe, he really gave you three Birkins. You got to go. Shoot, you got all them camels and all that. I'm going to come and make you come, and we going to come together. <laughs> so anyways, this is the story. This is, <laughs> you guys, the Christians hate me. The Christians hate me. Okay, well, it's me. <laughs> You guys, I honestly know why the evangelists don't like me, but it's okay. The the bigger the it's a bigger picture, okay? Be patient. But anywho, so <clears throat> Rebecca goes back with Eleazar. And oh, this is such a cool part. So, um wait, see, <laughs> gets excited about the Bible like that. Oh, me my too. God. I do. Oh, it's I do. So cool. No, I, I do. I love this part. I get so excited. Jesus. Listen, because no she goes no, cuz she goes back to him, but this is like this this part of the this part of the story is so dope because I the when I read it back, I think it's like how it's going to be like when I meet my future husband. Everything is going to go in slow motion and I'm going to taste savory toffee, like butterscotch. Toffee? Yeah, like the yeah. sweetest the sweetest sound and then I don't know like I'm gonna hear like Michael Buble playing in the background and then there's gonna be you know you know like the Paris Instagram filter so even if he has bad skin I won't care I'll just blur it out oh god well, I hope the man in your dreams tastes better than toffee and Michael Buble <laughs> <laughs> well listen this is my part I see it in slow motion when Rebecca sees Isaac for the first 
time. She just got off that camel with Smelly Eleazar. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He wasn't smelly. But, um, uh, um, and Isaac was out meditating. If I ever saw a man praying or meditating, oh, oh my nipples. <laughs> like, if I ever saw a man praying, <laughs> let me not. So Genesis 24, verse 63. He went out to the field one evening to meditate, Isaac, and he looked up. He saw camels approaching. Rebecca also looked up and saw Isaac. She got down from her camel and asked the servant, who is that man in the field coming to meet us? Eleazar goes, that's my master. The servant answered. So she took her veil and covered herself. And you know what that meant? She was like, oh, I'm about to be someone's wife. <laughs> she put that veil over him because she knew she was like, I met my match. And when Isaac saw her, he knew that he met her match. And so he took her to a nearby tent and got jiggy with it. They sanctified a, a, a wedding. They had a marriage. You know, they, that's what it is. It's like they didn't just bone. They got married and. I think, I don't know. Could you imagine if they got in the tent and like did freaky stuff? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, 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 please evangelist, don't come for me. I'm just being ridiculous. That's not what I'm trying to imply. The Bible says, but they do get freaky in the tent. Bada bing, bada boom. Um, he, and it's so funny because in Ephesians, Ephesians, um, five verses one through 25, the Bible talks about the way a man is supposed to worship his woman or his partner or I don't know. And every time I think of like Isaac, I think of that, like he treated her like delicately and like a treasure, right? He worshiped his woman like God worshiped, um, like Jesus worshiped his church. Um, and that's, that's a verse in the book, like love your woman, like Jesus loved church and worship her flaws and all. And I just love that. I love that story about love. You know, I want to find love. I keep on talking about it, Weezy. I want to find love one day. And uh, I've planted so many seeds with career, career. I've been such a career person. But I want to, I really do. Weezy, I have an idea. Tell us. No, it's great. Okay, I'm going to tell you anyways. So, you know, I just mentioned Trisha Paytas. If you guys don't know Trisha Paytas, YouTuber, she's ridiculous. She went on a podcast called the H3H3 podcast with Ethan Klein and Ela, uh, uh, his wife. And they did a segment on their show called like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, where they played matchmaker to uh, uh, Trisha. And eventually Trisha ended. Why are you looking at me like that? You look like you just had a stroke. You want me to take you to the sex club? No! I introduce you. No, that's not what, no, 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 Weezy. Take it back, dial it back. No. How cool would it be if maybe, maybe we did a bachelorette thing for me so that I can have my babies by the time I'm 30 and I can find my Isaac? How old are you again? 28. Now having babies. I think it can happen. That takes a little bit of... Well, yeah, I'll have to get married. We'll have to find someone to get... Okay, 31. Oh, I want it to be 30, but whatever. 
You can have babies whenever. Anywho, all I'm saying is Girl, think about it. Girl, you do it. a lot of stuff with them babies. You ain't even got to have one. Oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. If I'm going to have sex with someone, it's because we're going to have babies. And that's a choice. That's a vow I've made. What do you mean because we're going to have babies? You don't want to have sex with someone because... No, Brianna, stop. You no, don't I... want sex for pleasure? No, of course. Yeah, with my husband. But when I have sex with my husband, we're going to have babies. Like, if we have babies, we'd be elated. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. if when I get married, it's not like, uh, like we're going to have babies. It's not going to be like, a, how do I say this? I guess it's a foreign thought for like normal people, like not normal, but like for the majority of people, especially in New York, to think that. But I genuinely don't want to have sex with anyone who I don't want to have babies with. Ever. I never have. Yeah, I mean, I try to like the people that I sleep with. I, I, I like to like them. <laughs> okay, imagine that, but amplify it times 10. So basically, we can I want to have a bachelorette for the Bible, me. The Bible guys, the Bible thumpers, slide down into your DMs like Nas X on a pole, and he is just feeling for Brianda. He's like, yo, yes. I've got my Bible in my hand right now. Yes. Yes. And honestly, it's I don't want to listen. Black Bible. Listen, I am not going to ask. <laughs> you know, black is fine. But listen, I, <laughs> I want to let you know. <laughs> I want to let you know. I want to let you know that the they don't have to be like a Bible uh, virtuoso like theologian. I'm not that. Mm -hmm. But I do want a God-fearing man. I think it could be fun. I don't know. Comment. Let us know what you think. What, do you guys think this is a dumb idea? We want you guys to comment right now on YouTube. <laughs> Even if you already left a comment, go straight to Brianda's freaking Instagram and be like, I have this friend at church named... Isaac or Abe or whoever, and you tell us about them and you have them come. Ooh, sorry, not let me use that word. You have them engage with yes. our post when we finally decide that Brianda needs to meet a match. Yes. I think that could be really fun. I think it would be like how many people would like would want to see that? I think something I mean that'd be fun. A it'd be content. Do it for the content. But also, I really do want to find my person. And if I can find that through this platform. Why not? I mean, ideally, I'd love for them not to watch the show. <laughs> but Don't worry. I'm the only one they got to be scared of. <laughs> I'm going to be your hot girl summer friend. At Yay! your bachelorette party, like, eh, guess what song we playing? Call me by your name. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> I hate that song. But I like I like the more I, the video I respect a little more now, especially after he squashed the beef with FK Twigs. But um, back to the story. We're winding down. Um, to put a little, to put a little bow on, uh, Rebecca and Isaac, it's just a story of how God, when God works, he gets to work and he makes it beautiful. God is a God of aesthetic. He loves a beautiful, pretty thing, a beautiful, pretty romantic story, you know? And in a way it's kind of like, I don't know when I saw that the servant was at the well Anyone who's read the Bible, it kind of was like a callback to uh, the New Testament, jumping to the New Testament, when Jesus saw the Samaritan woman. They always want to mention two, two whores in the Bible, 
the woman by the well and Mary Magdalene. Oh, oh anytime okay. we got to defend a hoe, Jesus loved the hoes. What about the lady by the well, the Samaritan woman and Mary Magdalene? Okay, yeah, he sat with sinners. He didn't want to be a sinner. And he, ooh, sorry, I just came at I just came at the hoes real quick. But all I'm saying is he did love the hoes. He did love sinners. He loved them all. Doesn't mean that he was sinning with them is what I mean. Ooh, people are going to come for me for that one. But um, um, it, it, it's a call to from the New Testament because I find Jesus so, in so many places in the Old Testament. And it shows that like God is such a matchmaker. Jesus is such a matchmaker. Like the ultimate matchmaker. He'll set it up for you. He will set everything up for you if you open yourself up to it. Because when you marry yourself with, for me, when you marry your spirit to God, that is where, that's where the gold mine is. That is the, the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is like, is falling in love with God and, and loving God and loving awareness and loving kindness, not just being kind, not just believing in this person, not just believing in this power, but loving it. Cool. Um, anywho, um, where's my moral of the story? <laughs> that wasn't even the moral of the story. I was just going off. Anywho, moral of the story. God gives us tests and life throws challenges at us every day. That'll never stop. So get used to it. But not all tests are bad. Some tests are opportunities for us to show up for ourselves. What are you going to do this time? It, it allows us to assess our strengths and our weaknesses. It highlights our blind spots so that we know, oh, oh, oh we got to work on that. If you allow it to be. Of course, I think the reason why we constantly get tests thrown at us is because life is like a game, right? And we got to pass each level in order to get to that gold mine. Of course, we won't pass it every time, but the more you make it a practice, right? Because if you do something with frequency, that's how you build character, I, th I think, right? I feel like I'm like a parent talking to a kid, but it's true. I don't you feel like you constantly meet, have the same mistakes, like meet the same challenges over and over again. Like, of course, didn't I like just meet this lesson, especially with relationships and people? Girl, listen, this is like the all same thing. my exes is the same. That's what I mean. And I think that God does that intentionally so. He was like, oh, girl, what? You said you're going to do better? <laughs> we'll put him in a different package. <laughs> I hate you. Point is, Moses wrote this for the Israelites to know that we know that you're a sinner. We know that these lessons in these stories somewhat sound repetitive. You know, I keep talking about faith and belief, belief in promise, belief in, you know, just relentlessly belief in your in self and stuff. I keep talking about these things. The reason why I do it, it's not just because I'm a broken record. It's because that's the way they're written. As humans, we need constant reminders. Just like with children when they're learning how to walk, they need to practice that daily. They need to make it a practice, right? Absolutely. Um, and also, it's a testament to doing the work. You can't just have faith and belief if you're not doing the work. You got to meet God halfway. And Abraham's story is a true example of that. Abraham showed up. He went to that mountain and was willing to sacrifice his only son 
He went to work. You know, when you, when you trust in God with your whole heart, if you place your trust in him and his promises to you, that's what changes your behavior. That, that is how you make the changes. That is how you work harder than you did yesterday. And we don't have to do it alone. Sometimes I like to think of God as a hitchhiker. And, you know, we're in the car and all we have to do is, I don't know, pull over and do something nice. Do a good deed for a nice dude being like, hey, oh, pick me up. Hey. Or, you know, another way to think about it is maybe we are the hitchhikers. And maybe we need a little bit of help. So why don't we hop in the car? Hey, Father. Yeah. I don't know. I feel really good about it. it we, yeah, you know, wheezy. But I, I think she's, she's, she's growing on me. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. I, I, I love you. He loves you too. What are you talking about? Uh, he he wants me to wear a bra. I I understand. <laughs> <laughs>